Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Countess speaking. We have arrived. Gems, jets, silhouettes, champagne in the sky. Fine premieres and fireworks every single night. Gold, diamonds, caviar, life is but a dream. When every day you're living in is featured on... Woo! I am still reeling from hashtag Countess and Friends. You guys, I saw it over the weekend. We're going to talk about the Vanderpump Rules reunion, but first I have to talk about hashtag Countess and Friends, which, what a shit show. What a shit show. I have never in my life seen anything like it since the last time I went to Hashtag Encounters and Friends. <laughs> I saw it a year ago, and literally the exact same show, just worse. It's just worse and in a bigger theater. That's the only difference. I truly have never seen anything. I was shocked. Shocked, bewildered, and bedazzled. That's how I would describe the show. It was just Countess Luann at the Wiltern Theater. She's touring these large theaters. Now, the first time I saw it, it was in like a small venue. And this past week when I saw it, it was at the Wiltern, which is like a big theater. And I'm telling you, she's bamboozled all of us. But we're also enabling her. It's this vicious cycle. And this time I went, the Countess and Friends, the Friends were a very loose term. I don't know who they were. It was just, the first time I went, they had like Amy Phillips, who was wonderful from, we all know from Bravo. They even had people from the People's Couch, which I remember thinking like, you know, I wonder if they just couldn't get, like, big, huge names, but it was still fun because the Bravo audience knew who these people were. But then, this most recent time that I went, I'm not kidding, like, she only had, I think, two friends. I don't know, because I was so drunk at this show. The only way to experience it is drunk. And she was just calling people out that no one had ever heard of. And no offense to the people that she did bring up, because they were very talented. It was just, no one really knew who they were. And there was one point, I was sitting in the audience, and everyone was talking throughout the entire show. So, <laughs> apologies to anyone behind me, but truly, the whole audience was just talking through it. But Luann would just be like, and please welcome Trishelle from the real world, or Niles from the nanny. And it was like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> Those actually were probably better names than who she brought out. Again, no offense to them, they were very talented, but it was like, who? Like, we were all fucking owls in the audience. Like, who? Who? Every time she brought someone on stage. <laughs> there was one point I was with Annabelle from Adderall and Compliments, and Annabelle literally turned to me. We were, like, joking about who Luann was going to bring on stage, and Annabelle, no joke, she said, who's she going to invite next? Like, a, an understudy from Jersey Boys, and then not 60 seconds later. Luann brought out someone from Jersey Boys. <laughs> Not 60 seconds later was there someone on stage singing fucking Frankie Valley. I laughed so hard. So hard. Anyway, it was a, a mess. And everyone there was wasted. There was bartenders around every corner. Now, normally when you go to a venue or a concert or something like that, you have to wait in line for a while. And there's usually just like a couple bar setups. This place had every five feet a place to get liquor. 
every five feet. They had every bartender in LA working that night. They wanted you to get drunk. And not only did they want you to get drunk, they also just were encouraging doubles. Now, keep in mind, the main act was an alcoholic, and they were encouraging doubles. It's like, I waited in line. When I got to the front, the bartender's like, do you want a double? And I was like, of course I want a double. I'm gonna, Of course I'm going to say yes. There's no other way to see the show than blacked out, but it's odd that this is an alcoholic show, and they were just encouraging more and more alcohol. And again, every five feet, it was like upstairs, downstairs, every which way you can think of. There was a bar set up where you could get doubles. Then the audience, it was like, everyone was so fun. That's the best part about it, is that like you're surrounded by Bravo lovers. So it's like everyone's really drunk, and everyone's just there shouting Giovanni. Like There's nothing like it. It's truly the best part about it is just you're surrounded by your people. You feel like you finally found your people. And then there was like a scattering of random celebrities. Like Terry Hatcher was there, which was like, what the fuck? Why is Terry Hatcher there? Why? Why I like her. People like her. I like Terry Hatcher. I love Desperate Housewives. But it was a weird, a weird thing. And then it was weird because like the audience liked to see Terry Hatcher, but you know they were kind of like, oh, there's Terry Hatcher. Like people were kind of like, oh, cool, there's Terry Hatcher. But then when Gretchen and Slade walked in, Gretchen and Slade from the Real Housewives of Orange County, it was as if the royal fucking family came in. It was as if. Just Queen Elizabeth just strolled on in for Countess and Friends because they had like security, like leading, uh, leading Gretchen and Slade to their seats. They were dressed to the nines, and everyone, I'm not kidding, like people were like running up to me, like Gretchen and Slade just walked in. Gretchen and Slade are here. Gretchen and Slade are here. Look at Gretchen and Slade. It's like as if Beyonce and Jay Z were just showing up, and people, I've never seen people so excited. <laughs> We had fun. I was there with uh, Ben from Watch What Crappens was there, and Hannah Brown, who's been on the show, Amy Phillips. Like, we had the best time, Ira. And we were laughing, and just, it was it was crazy. But at one point, the projector screen broke behind her. And truly, she only did three songs. She did her three songs. She did not por- perform her new song. She did not perform it, which I was very disappointed by because we know that she recorded her song, Feelin' Giovanni. We saw it in the preview of the season. One day at a time, keep it cool and we'll be fine. Feelin' Giovanni. But she did not perform it. Very upsetting to me. But I did hear some rumors that they filmed the video for it and there may be, maybe, maybe not, are two other housewives in the music video for it. So I don't know. We'll see about that. I'm very excited. But such a shit show. And then there was like a fourth of the show was just a Q&A where she just shades cast members. I was, I was very drunk. And she started shading Heather. And I was just like shouting, hey, mama, at the screen. And I was not happy about it. Or at the stage, rather. I was not happy about it. I don't like that she was just shading Heather and Carol and all her castmates. And I was like, enough. I don't even know what she was saying. Like, I truly don't even remember. I just remember that I was upset. Justice for Heather, as I always say. But a mess. She, like I said, the projector broke. And also, it's like, it's sort of insulting to me that she's been doing this for over a year and she hasn't changed the show up at all. Like, it's exactly the same as it was, but like I said, just worse. She's doing the same jokes about, like, they tried to make me go to rehab, like Amy Winehouse jokes. And I don't know, none of them really land, but everyone still is like laughing and clapping and stuff because we're all fun audience members. But I feel like. She should at least, like, maybe update the show a little bit, or maybe bring out some better friends. Apparently, she was supposed to bring out Lisa Renna, but then Lisa Renna couldn't make it. Or maybe, like, threw in a a few new jokes, 
she played the bongos. She did a Beatles song. Like, what the fuck's going on? Like, the whole show. Every time something happens, like, what the fuck's happening? And I already saw it. <laughs> I saw it once before. And still, every everything that happened, I was like, what the fuck's happening? I wish she'd updated a little bit. I feel like we're all getting bamboozled. And we're all enabling it. I mean, this is a bigger theater. And I think she sold it out. Like, what? why are we all going? And will I go to the next time she's here? Of course. But I do not support it. I would just like her to update it a little bit. Give us something new. Anyway, that was my Countess and Friends experience. <laughs> my official review is, what a shit show. <laughs> but I should also just say, it's very fun. Like It's very fun to be surrounded by Bravo lovers, and there's no other place that you could just be surrounded by our people. So that was the best part of it. But that's why we need like a Bravo con. You know, like a Comic Con, but for Bravo lovers. Like we, That's what we need. We need to stop having to be forced to go to Countess Luann's show. Like, we need another outlet. What a sh** show. I'm sorry. I love you, but what a sh** show. Okay, we got to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Now, I didn't get to talk about the finale last week. We had a guest on. But I do want to say that that scene between Sheena and Mima, I think, was an all-timer. Like, I think that's one of the scenes that we're going to remember forever. It was so, so good. Just Sheena crying on Mima <laughs> and inhaling a thing of poppers. And she was holding, like, essential oils or something, but it was like, I swear it looked like poppers, and she was just in tears on Mima, And I loved it. I loved it. And I think Sheena actually, like, she was the only thing that was really enjoyable about the finale episode. I thought it was, out of all the Vanderpump Rules finales, I thought it was the most lackluster. However, that said, I did think this reunion was phenomenal. I think part one of the Vanderpump Rules reunion was so, so good. It had new information. It had excitement. It had drama. It had people yelling and getting out of their seat. It had people walking off stage. It was A-plus television. And we're going to talk about it, but I loved it so, so much. Now, we open the reunion on Jiggy. And I would just like to say, like, Jiggy should not be doing reunions. I think this is maybe, possibly, I don't want to throw out allegations or accusations, but I think this might be animal abuse at this point. Jiggy shouldn't have to do the reunions. Let him go home and... Chew on a bone. Like, let him sit by a fire and just chew on a bone. He should not be having to do reunions. So we literally opened on Jiggy. And enough is enough. Jiggy, let, let him be a dog. We saw on Real Houses of Beverly Hills that he's not doing so well health-wise. So, like, let him go and live out his days in peace. I'm sick of seeing him on camera. Because it's just like we're exploiting him at this point. So, I don't know. The, then we hear the producer. Everyone's, like, getting ready backstage. And I like how they do this now where it's like we see everyone getting ready. And the producer says on at the microphone or into the headset, it's like, we're just waiting on Sandoval's hair. <laughs> right when that happened, I was like, I'm excited. Like, I felt excitement that I haven't really felt the past few episodes of the season. Like, the last few episodes I haven't really loved. So, all of a sudden, we're sitting down for the reunion, and I hear the producer say in that microphone, like, just waiting on Sandoval's hair. I thought, okay, this is going to be good. I felt it. Felt it in my bones. And it was. I was right. So everyone sits down. Everyone looks amazing. Tom's hair looked great. Also love Tom's sweater. I really wanted it. But we go around. Andy's like welcoming everyone. He's saying, you know, hello, Stassi. And then he would ask like a little question. And he went around. He said to Tom, he said, do you feel like a man? And Tom said, I always felt like a man. And then we just move on. (laughs) What? The little questions were cracking me up. Do you feel like a man? I've always felt like a man. Well, then, hello, Stassi. Hi, Lala. <laughs> it was just so fast. He asks, uh, he says to James, he says, James, good to see you. You brought your clefted chin. And then you just be like, and hello, Lala. 
<laughs> and then it's revealed that Kristen is single now, which I think most of us knew from social media. Then the first thing that he brings up after greeting everyone, he says, let's get into the season. Jax, why did you buy James underwear? And right off the bat, I thought, perfect opening question. This is the perfect way to start this reunion. After the greetings, we just got, Jax, why did you buy James underwear? And that's the kind of investigative journalism we need. And that's why Andy's so good at these reunions. We got the flashback of James, like, looking at the underwear in the mirror. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? That's all we can say about that is, what the fuck? Anyway, then we talk about that rap. Do you remember James was DJing, and he made that rap about Britney? And Lisa says, did you have that pre-planned? And then James says, no, Lisa, it was a freestyle. And, (laughs) you know, the reunions are funny, because if you just take, like, the quotes or the lines of dialogue out of context, it's, like, really insane. Do you have that rap pre-planned? No, Lisa, it was a freestyle. <laughs> the whole time, too, Kristen was just, like, making faces at James. Kristen was, like, really gunning hard for the screen time, and I really appreciated it. She And remember at the beginning of the season, it was rumored that Kristen was going to be gone? And let me just say, Kristen had a middle seat, so I was very proud of that. She was not on the end. Usually the end seats are for, like, the lesser cast members. I really enjoyed the seating arrangements for this, because Kristen was right in the middle. She was right in the middle of the left side. She was like before Jackson Brittany, which Jackson Brittany had major storylines with their wedding. So I was like really thinking about the politics of the seating assignments because I thought, why is Jax all the way at the Was it Brittany at the end? Why is Brittany all the way at the end? Because I felt like she had the most screen time. But then I thought it was purposeful because did you see how alive Brittany looked this reunion? I've never seen Brittany more alive at a reunion. She was yelling things about James sucking on a tit. I mean, I don't know about Lala's confirmation because she wasn't there when all of this supposedly happened. She saw somebody him sucking on the girl's tit in the club while you guys were dating. She, James, you sucked on a tit. I heard you sucked on a tit. (laughs) You were sucking on a tit at clubs. (laughs) She was, she was energetic, and I loved it. So maybe it was purposeful. So look. The whole group gets mad at James. James, at the beginning of this reunion, he said he was sorry about the rap. And then everyone got mad at him for saying sorry. But then they would be mad at him if he didn't say sorry. So it's like, at this point, what's James supposed to do? Because everyone was like, oh, you're not sorry. Like, I'm not, I don't believe you or whatever. And it's like, well, what do you want him to do? There's, he has no choice then. And so then afterwards, he started getting really confrontational and saying some really nasty things about the rest of the cast members. But I thought, and I don't mean to like stick up for James, I just feel like what he has no choice, like no matter what James does or says, most of the cast is just going to be pissed off at him. So at least he was being very messy, because we need someone to be messy on this show. Then we see Jax being a mess. Andy says, well, Jax, it's like you were kind of the same way James was. And then we get a flashback of Jax just being a mess, and they showed that clip of him saying he's the number one guy in the group, which I love. I love that. Look, I like this season. It was not as dynamic as others. I did really like the season, though. I thought it was enjoyable. I think we just have such a high bar for Vanderpump Rules that, being that this season wasn't as thrilling as the other ones, I feel like we were all a little bit disappointed. But it was still good TV. I wish it was cut down a little bit. I wish there were just like a few less episodes. But overall, I thought it was good. Also, LVP was great this season, and I feel like she is better in this atmosphere than on Beverly Hills. And I've been saying this for years. Like, Lisa should get off Real Beverly Hills. 
Those people don't like her. Like, get off that show. Just do Vanderpump Rules. You're the head of this show. And she always is able to be in charge. She can control it kind of how she wants to control it, which I do have a little bit of a problem with. We'll get to it later. But I think, like, just stick on Vanderpump Rules. Don't do another, or do another spinoff about Vegas rules. Do something else. But, like, you don't need to be on Real House of Beverly Hills because it's just, like, stalling the drama over there. And she looks so much better on Vanderpump Rules. Although I do have some problems, which we'll get to again. Then Andy says, So, Sheena, last season you were Rob-sessed. Then the editors play that montage of Sheena saying, Rob, 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 Rob. Remember they edited to classical music? <laughs> so, so fucking embarrassing. They are literally just trolling Sheena right to the very end. They will not, the editors and producers will not stop trolling Sheena until this thing is long gone. And then, as if it's not embarrassing enough for Sheena, so she's like literally sitting there and she just had to walk, watch a package of her saying Rob a million fucking times. Then they say, this season, you had your best friend. Then they play that fucking package of her saying Adam's her best friend. It's just like, how much can we humiliate Sheena? And she just smiles through the whole fucking thing. And then she had the line of the night. She says, I'm just dating fuckboys that are hot. And Andy said, good for you. And I said the same thing. I was sitting on my couch and I thought, good for you, Sheena. Just get some hot dick. And that's enough. That's enough for right now. Sheena doesn't need to be in a super relationship. They did call her out, though, and they were like, well, I think you do want to be in a relationship. Which, I think if Sheena were to just embrace wanting to have some good dick in her life this season, we would have been fine with it. But it seemed like we were also getting her wanting to be in a relationship. And I think that's where the mix-up comes from. And we saw it last season with Rob. It was like she wanted to be with Rob so bad. So... I wish and I hope that Sheena next season, she doesn't try to keep making it work with one guy. Like, this season, she was trying to make it work with Adam. She wasn't just trying to get the, Adam's dick. <laughs> Sorry I keep saying dick so much, but you know what? It is what it is. But it seemed like she wanted more than just Adam's dick. And if she would have just went into the season being like, I just want Adam's dick, like I don't want anything else from him, then I think we would have all embraced Sheena more. They also embarrassed Sheena by saying... Andy said, then you were getting Bachelorette sloppy seconds from that guy, Robbie. (laughs) Honestly, like, they just are so fucking rude to Sheena. And you think about these reality shows sometimes, and people literally have to sit on a stage while people just say these embarrassing things to their faces. And Andy does it. Do you remember back in the day, Andy used to be shadier, I think, because he would be like, you know, Marie from Santa Clarita says that you're a horrible mother. That's what he'd say to, like, a housewife. He was so mean. He still does that, but it's not its not as bad. And I feel like now he'll just say it as if it's from himself. But he used to just hide behind, like, Marie from Santa Clarita. It was hysterical, but it was also, like, these poor people just sitting on stage. And I know they get a lot out of it. They get money for it, but it's still humiliating. Then it's revealed that Jackson and Brittany are not getting a prenup. I thought, this is bad. Get a prenup. I have a different point of view on prenups. I think, like, just get I don't understand why people just don't get them. I know everyone thinks that the relationship's, like, all going to work out and stuff. But it seems, like, just stressful if it doesn't work out. And then you have to go through all this, like, money stuff. And especially Jackson, Brittany, like, there was already, like, cheating stuff. I mean, they're in this couple's therapy, and it seems like Jax is saying things like, you know, that cheating made her stronger and that kind of thing. It's like, Brittany, just get the prenup. Brittany. But I wonder whose choice. Is it her choice to not get the prenup or his choice to not get the prenup? 
they must have around the same amount of money, and it seems like they're doing business ventures together. But I just think in general, people should get a prenup. Lala said she's getting a prenup, which I thought was good. I think everyone should have one. I think they're important. I think just do it. Just do it. And people make it into a bigger deal than it is, in my opinion. I think like people think of it as, I'm not asking for a prenup. That's dooming the relationship. And I feel like it should just be standard. Like that should come, the courthouse should be like, okay, you sign your marriage license and then you sign a prenup. I feel like we should just make it standard for everyone so that it takes out this whole idea of like, it's not romantic to get a prenup. Over, what is it, 50% or over 50% of people get divorced? We need prenups. Let's just make it easier. That's my opinion! Then we talk about Randall not being on the show and he was on Flipping Out. And I don't think it is fair. The rest of the cast members were saying this too. It's not fair that Randall's not on the show. Like Lala's on the show and she doesn't show everything. The rest of the people have their whole relationships and we laugh at their relationship. As audience members, we laugh at their relationships and we judge them and we make fun of them. But Randall and Lala, we are only able to see what they post on social media. And I do think it's a little unfair. And if I was one of the other cast members, I'd be fucking pissed. And then Lala said that nasty line about find someone with a career. She said to the other girls. And it's like, come on, Randall's got all that drama with Fafti. There's stuff going on there. And maybe it's best that he's not on because there's some stuff going on there. And I don't, I don't even think we've seen the half of it. And I bet you there's going to be stuff that comes out about the money issues and all of that. I feel, I don't know for certain. I just feel it in my soul. I feel it in my bones. Did you guys notice Sheena's hoops? Did you ever hear that phrase? <laughs> bigger the hoops, the bigger the hoe. Sheena's hoops were so big. It was like a basketball hoop. It was just <laughs> really, really fucking big. Loved him. Loved him, loved him, loved him. You she, saw somebody, su- him sucking on a girl's tit in the we club while you guys were dating. Close. Then we talk about Tom Tom. And all season I've been saying there's some shady shit going on at Tom Tom over there. Like there's some weird stuff with these contracts. Andy says Pandora took over the cocktails, even though the other guys had been working on all these cocktails. You know I do not like Pandora. And you also know who I don't like? John Sessa. Did you guys see John Sessa had like tweeted something against Ariana? He said like, how Ariana, you're ungrateful. Enjoy your $2 million home or something like that. It was so fucking nasty. And I just, I'm sick of this. John says, I feel like he's trying to get that Vanderpump dog spinoff. And it's like, enough is enough. I will not accept a Vanderpump dog spinoff. I will not accept it. No! The only spinoff I will accept is if there's just GoPros in the dog cages or in the dog uh, play areas. I'd watch that. But I don't want to see any of the Johns on it. I don't even want them to appear once. Not once in the background, nothing. I just want to see the dogs if we're getting a Vanderpump dog spinoff. Otherwise, I don't want to see it. I can't. It's so thirsty. It's so transparent. And to me, it feels like so obvious that... This is like Lisa's way of punishing Ariana, which Ariana literally said, she's like, okay, I'm going to get punished for this. I don't remember if she said it in an after show or, or on the main show, but she like said, okay, I'm going to get punished because I confronted Lisa about this thing about the Toms. Even though she did it so respectfully, she, we saw it in the finale. She went up to Lisa and she was so respectful. She said, I respect you so, so much. They hugged it out at the end. But I think we all knew we were like, okay, she's going to punish you for that because that's what she does. That's what she does. She punishes. And I feel like John Sessa tweeting that was just like, I'm sure it was either approved by Lisa or encouraged by Lisa or something. But it's just, to me, so thirsty. And I'm totally team Ariana on this one. And I feel like what we're not allowed to confront 
Like, Lisa's fan base and people online are like, Ariana should be grateful. Like, how dare she confront? And it's like, these are co-stars on a reality show. If if they can't confront someone else, then we don't have a show. So we need this to happen. I don't think we can have it where no one can say anything to Lisa, because then we're having scenes with Lisa where nothing happens. And that's what happened on Beverly Hills. That happened the past couple seasons on Beverly Hills. It was like, no one can say anything to Lisa, because then it gets... It gets flipped around, or she would walk away or get out of the scene. And these are a reality show. Like, and the whole point of these shows is for people to say, this is how I feel about this. This is how I feel about that. So if we have all of these other cast members in these shows with someone, and they're not allowed to say anything, then I think we run into a story problem, where the storylines can't move forward with that particular cast member. And so I think it's okay that these young people are saying something to Lisa if they have a, if they have a problem. So I think that should be should be allowed. And Ariana did it in a very respectful way. I thought, come on. But this John Sessa just it feels like they're trying to get that Vanderpump Dog spinoff. You know what I realized though this weekend? I watched a show called Dead to Me on Netflix. Fantastic show. I loved it with Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini. I binged it all this weekend. I loved it, loved it, loved it. But it's about Christina Applegate. She loses her husband, and it's about kind of how she's dealing with grief. And I don't want to spoil any of the twister turns, but I was watching it. And there was a, a scene in there where she talks about she could have never anticipated how she would grieve, and she's not grieving the way that most people do. Maybe she said that in an interview. I don't remember if it was an interview or on the show, but it kind of reminded me, like, Lisa Vanderpump is dealing with grief. And there is no template on how to deal with grief. And so sometimes it comes out in weird ways, and I think it is coming out in weird ways with Lisa. And I think it's totally normal and okay that she's maybe manip- maybe manipulating things behind the scenes, or maybe acting out, or maybe just uninterested in dealing with any bullshit. Whatever it is that she's dealing with, however it is she's dealing with it, I think that's okay. Because I can imagine, I mean, I was thinking about, like, I can imagine losing a parent, a, a spouse, a sibling. And on this show, it's interesting because we're seeing three different people-ish deal with grief in very different ways. We're seeing Lisa, we're seeing Jax, and we're seeing Lala. And there is no template. And if I were to lose someone that close to me the way that those three did, like I would probably be a complete monster. And I would be like, you know, you have to accept it for a little while. Not obviously for your whole lives, but for a little while, I think it's okay. And so I think Lisa, there was something that clicked in me when I saw Christina Applegate's performance. I thought, oh yeah, like Lisa is dealing with grief in interesting ways, and we can't fault her for it, but I think we can also still hold her accountable for certain things, for sure. It doesn't excuse the way you act towards people, but it is interesting, and I do feel like I would be a complete monster, way more than she is, or Jax, or Lala. Maybe not as bad as Lala. Lala was kind of a kind of awful about it, but I don't know. It made me see it in a different way. I don't know if that made any sense. But the Tom Tom stuff, back to that, I feel like we should be able to question it because there are a lot of things. And there was a weird moment where Lisa had said, well, how about I just give you your money back? And that was telling to me because I feel like that's what she's wanted to do this whole time. Because we saw there were even stuff last season at the last reunion where Lisa hadn't deposited the checks. And she held on to it for so long. And I truly believe that she never wanted to deposit those checks. I feel like she wanted them out of this business from the start. She just wanted their name. And in which case, she should have just licensed their name. I feel like she shouldn't have actually gone into business with them because I don't think she ever wanted to. 
I feel like she just wanted the name Tom Tom. She wanted to license their likeness. And look, it's their names on the thing. Like, I would be pissed. I know it doesn't say Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz, but it's there. We know it as they're the faces of this place. So I would be pissed if it was like she wasn't giving me any information. Like they had said, it's not about the fact that they weren't getting any money because restaurants do take a while to make money, but it was the fact that they weren't getting any information about it. And also, I do realize they say restaurants take like a year to make money, but that restaurant is busy all the time. Like I'm. I feel like that restaurant's maybe bringing in money. It's like, there's always a line out the fucking door. I don't know. So at least there should be some sort of paperwork to say, like, this is what it brought in. And it feels like that's not what they're getting. But there's, it's always been sketchy. I've been saying that forever. It's like, there's some weird stuff going on. The fact that she never deposited the checks. And then at this reunion, when she said, oh, maybe I should just give you your money back. And then, you know, you could just be silent partners or something like that. And it's like, come on. She's trying to trick us all. I'm on to it. Anyway, then... Uh, Tom says he always loves making for cocktails for anyone. He says, if, I don't care if you're Obama or Kristen. I put 100% into it. <laughs> made me laugh. Then, uh, you guys, then Raquel shows up. She shows up in that insane dress, and I loved it. Everyone just looks like, what the fuck are you wearing? That was the one thing I liked about Condice Luann's show, is that she was showing up in different outfits, like different Giovannis. That was the most fun part, was like seeing which outfit. At one point, she had like a, a ponytail, and that was exciting. And it was exciting. I appreciated that Raquel showed up in this crazy-ass dress because it gave us something to look at. And I love... It was insane. It was so insane. Katie looked so visibly upset looking at Raquel's outfit. And everyone rolled their eyes. But I love that she gave us something to look at. We needed it. We needed it. And then Andy says, Kristen, what made you decide to take down James for good this season? And then Kristen says, I tried to do it last season. And... (laughs) I love that this is just out in the open. Kristen, why'd you try to take down James? Well, I tried to do it last season. And now we're just openly talking about it. This feels like almost uh, behind the, or what's the, breaking down the fourth wall. That's what this felt like to me. It's like now we're acknowledging that Kristen tried to take down James, which is good. And I was proud of Kristen for trying to do it. Kristen gave us some good shit early on in the season, that whole pride episode where she scaled the fence with hope. That's what we need out of this show. Thank God for Kristen. God bless. Kristen and James are the only ones working on this show. We need them all working. And let's pull out some more people and scale a fence with some more people. Let's see some more stunts. Okay, we need we need, we need people doing stunts on this show. Kristen's the only one working for that paycheck. I'd like her to get an upgrade next season. Please. Then we saw a flashback of Hope. The beginning of the season was good. When I saw that flashback of Hope, I thought, oh yeah, that was good. And then I think it was Andy said, what does Hope get out of all that? And then I think James said, Hollywood stardom. And that's a stretch. <laughs> I don't think Hope got Hollywood stardom out of her one episode appearance on Vanderpump Rules. Hollywood, Hollywood stardom. Hope is on her way to a movie set right now. She got Hollywood stardom. Speaking of Hollywood stardom, did you guys see Tom Sandoval's Lifetime movie? I watched it. It did not have enough Tom Sandoval, but it did remind me that we need the Vanderpump Rules cast members in more Lifetime films, more Hallmark films, more made-for-TV movies. I want to see them in holiday Hallmark films. I want to see them in more Lifetime movies where they abduct children. Please give them me all the cast members in a Lifetime film. And give them starring roles. I don't want Tom. Tom just was appearing a couple scenes. I need him in a whole fucking movie. Anyway, hopefully Hope's in a movie. Hopefully Hope is filming a role in a Lifetime movie right now because she got Hollywood stardom for one episode appearance. (laughs) 
And then Raquel says in her very shaky voice, the whole episode, she had a very shaky voice, but I'm loving Raquel this episode. I felt like she really brought it. She gave like some very canned answers and it seems so rehearsed, but in a way that was so obvious that I loved it. It was almost like it was past the point of thirst. And it was just like, oh yeah, I'm coming in with like these full-blown scripted answers. She said, I can see how you might think I'm a beauty queen. <laughs> so she said, she said, I can see how you might think I'm a beauty queen. <laughs> a shaking voice. And then everyone just started yelling. Everyone just started yelling over each other. Tom and Ariana defended James and Raquel. And then it was a reveal that Lala saw James cheating. Brittany yells out, she said, she saw him sucking on some girl's tit in the club. He was sucking on some girl's tit in the club. And hearing those words out of Brittany, I mean, my God, I felt a boost of serotonin like I've never known before. Because first of all, I'm like, what the fuck? He was sucking on some girl's tit in a club? Like, when did this happen? Even Andy was like, wait a minute. He was sucking on some girl's boob in a club? And Brittany, hearing Brittany say tit, I have never. Saw somebody su- him sucking on a girl's Logan. tit in the we club while you guys were close. dating. I've never expected it. I hadn't anticipated it. It came out of left field. Wow, Bethany, wow. I was so surprised. I had, was experiencing pure joy. And then I thought to myself, why do they all care if James and Raquel are faithful to each other? Like, why do they give a shit? They hate James. Andy said to Raquel, Raquel, you're one of the few people out here with a college degree, but everyone questions your intelligence. (laughs) I love Raquel, you guys. I do. I turned a corner. Every week I change. But right now, for this week, I love Raquel. I felt like she really brought it this reunion, more so than anyone else. She brought that fucking outfit. She brought the shaky voice, rehearsed answers. I mean, I loved it. And then they started talking about her puppy party, and everyone just laughed in her face. They literally just laughed in her face. These poor reality TV stars, they're literally just on a stage, and there's a group of people laughing at them on, on TV. The world watched as everyone laughed at them, and Raquel just had to sit there and take it. And Raquel said about Lala, she said, I don't know if Lala's capable of giving a sincere apology. I think the Raquel-Lala dynamic is very interesting, and I want to see more about it. And Jax and James, they were just talking over each other. Jax, or James said something about Jax shitting with the door open, which we saw in one of the previous seasons. He just kept saying, like, you shit with the door open. And it was like, I was trying to catch what they were saying. That was the only thing I could make out was like, Jax, Jax, you shit with the door open. (laughs) I don't know if that was, that was a terrible James impression, but you know what I'm saying. But they were all just arguing. And then I think Lala was holding a vape pen. Did you guys catch that? Was she holding a vape pen? I think she was. And then I was focused on all the people, how they looked at this point, because everyone's shouting over each other. So I was looking at everyone's looks, and it seemed to me like all the girls' eyebrows were high. Did Britney's eyebrows seem like very high? It seemed like all the girls, they had their eyebrows. I don't know if they were drawn on or if their foreheads were, maybe because of their, the way their hair was or something, but it seemed like their eyebrows were so fucking high, like Jim Carrey in the mask or something. It's like, why are their eyebrows so high? Where'd their foreheads go? It's like their eyebrows, it goes like their eyebrows and then their hairline. I'm like, how did this happen? It seemed new. Anyway, everyone's talking over each other as James and Jax and Raquel and Brittany and Lala argue. And Raquel says, we're really happy raising Graham together. We're really happy raising Graham together. It was a lot of, a lot of shaky voice. Anyway, I thought Raquel spiced it up. We need people to hate on these reality shows. And I think what Raquel and James add to the show is very important because at least we have some villains. So we have the main cast versus those two. And we need that. If it was if they weren't on the show, I feel like we'd be bored. So I do think that they're maybe not always the best people or the nicest people. And I do think James says very problematic things and is not a nice 
human being all the time on the show. But I think that they add something that the rest of the cast isn't giving us, so we need it. And then Raquel with the fashion, we need that on the show. We need people to have crazy fucking fashions. On Beverly Hills Housewives, sometimes the only interesting thing is the fashions. So I'm glad that we have it. So Raquel leaves. Andy asks LVP about her brother, and then she walks off crying, and I felt really bad. I felt bad. And again, I think she's dealing with grief in a very real way. And I think if I was in that position, I don't, I would be at such a mess. I would walk off too. I mean, she walked off. She's like, get, get me the fuck out of here. I need five minutes. And we talk about Lala and her loss and Jack's chat. You know, it was really interesting when Jack's was talking about the mom. The mom never told Jack's and his sister that the dad was in ICU. And I know we've talked about that on the show, but I just feel like I would feel the same way. I'd be so upset with my mother. It would be very hard to get over. Then we hear a bombshell that Jax created a Twitter for Raquel. Why would you say that? I mean, I, I, everything aside... Did you ever make a Twitter about Raquel? Because I think you did, okay? Sorry, what? And if, listen to me. You made a Twitter under Raquel's name. No, I you didn't. said, no, uh, I, didn't. I realized that boy was having sex How with men. He's over. Homophobic Jax, gestures. Jax, your, number Jax, your phone number was connected I was never to the connected. 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 My phone number was connected. So if connected. you want to talk bad tweets... What the fuck, you guys? Why didn't we hear about this before? I meant to look it up. I'm going to look it up as soon as we go here. I will report back next week, but I'm going to look it up. But what was this uh, Twitter account that we were just hearing about now? Why were we just hearing about it? We, this should have been in the finale. We should have seen a scene of James and Jax confronting each other. I mean, it was still good for the reunion, though. At least they saved some good stuff. So let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and we'll wrap up this reunion. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
All you got to do is fill out this quick brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Everything Iconic. And then things got a little dark to me. So then James says, have your babies and go to Kentucky. You belong there with those hillbillies. I don't accept this Kentucky shade because I have family in Kentucky. Matt's family's in Kentucky, my boyfriend. And I thought like, you just don't say everyone in Kentucky's hillbillies because Brittany's from a very advanced area of Kentucky, if you will. And I just don't like the hillbillies makes me uncomfortable. I think that word, maybe that was what threw me over the edge, but I just, I got like very mad on behalf of Kentucky. (laughs) How dare you insult me, ma. (laughs) <laughs> I don't even like fucking Sherry. And I was like, how dare you insult Sherry? Even though she's like a homophobic mess. But that's not the point. The point is, I was defending them till the end. <laughs> defending Mima till the end when James said that. Go back to Kentucky with those hillbillies. I thought, not today, Satan. Not today. And then Brittany, thank God, she stuck up for herself. She said, I'm proud I'm a fucking hillbilly. I was proud of Brittany in that moment. With the high eyebrows and all. <laughs> eyebrows were close to God. Did you notice her eyebrows? They, I mean, I know I'm harping on it, but those eyebrows were close to God. I'm proud. I'm a hillbilly. You were sucking on some girl's tit in a club. <laughs> I look, <laughs> I look awesome in this. Uh, I love Brittany too. I, Brittany, we need her for the show. And I loved how intense Brittany got. I really like liked Brittany more this reunion because she was like really playing hard. Because sometimes I feel like Britney's just too sugary sweet. And this reunion, I felt like she really went hard. And I like that. Those eyebrows made her intense. Maybe that was it. Maybe she didn't even go harder than normal. It was just the eyebrows made me think, like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> eyebrows close to God. Then Tom kind of sticks up for Jax because Jax and Britney were like, Tom, why are you sticking up for James? And Tom is like, well, you just called his girlfriend dumb, which they did. And there is this weird double standard because it's like Jax and Britney were going after Raquel. So, of course, James is going to go back. Did James go maybe below the belt? Of course he did. But they were just throwing digs back and forth. And James called Brittany a bitch. And I believe earlier Jackson called Raquel a bitch. And I don't like calling girls bitches unless it's in like a fun, playful bitch way or a joking way. I don't like that word unless it's like, hey, bitch. I love it when it's like a hey, bitch or a joke like that girl is being such a bitch. You know, like that kind of way. I don't like when it's like you're a bitch, especially a guy doing it. Makes me feel a little uncomfortable. And then Brittany says, Tom, you're his best man. And I don't like how they're going to be holding this over Tom Sandoval for the rest of his life. It's like, now Tom's not allowed to have a difference of opinion or say anything about Jax because he's the best man. No, that's not how life works. They're allowed to have a difference of opinion. And Tom is able to call out Jax when Jax is being an asshole. Like, just because he's the best man or in the wedding doesn't mean you can't, you get a free pass. Sometimes people, I feel like Brittany's going to be a bit of a bridezilla because. It's like, come on, just, wedding's not, I don't know. She's already bugging me about the wedding, but. Did you guys hear Katie say on the podcast last week? She said, Brittany and Jax will be getting married early in the season next season. So we're not going to get a full season about the wedding stuff. She implied that the wedding will happen like midway in the season. So we will only have like maybe half a season about wedding stuff. And then we'll be moving on. So I was very excited about that because I was worried we were going to have a whole season of wedding stuff next week. Or next season. Anyway, that's it. Then next week we get Kristen and Tom arguing backstage. We get Billy Lee coming out. I'm very excited about that. 
I thought this reunion was fantastic. Reunions are sort of hard to recap because we're not getting new scenes. It's just people on a stage yelling at each other. But I did love this reunion. I thought it was fantastic. And I thought we're getting some good content. We're getting new un- new unveils. Is that the right word? New <laughs> reveals. <laughs> new unveils. We're getting eyebrows to the gods. And I was into it. I felt like they were all finally like brought their A game. They were all bringing the A game. Anyway, that's the show. We'll be back on Thursday with the Real Hustles of New York recap. I love you guys so much for listening. Please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Pellegrino Danny. If you want to support the show, head to Patreon.com slash Everything Iconic. Click Become a Patron. If you donate $4 more per month, you get the bonus episodes. There's one, I'm promising one bonus episode a month. And then there's a bunch on there from previously. So thank you all that are over there. I truly couldn't make the show without you. I love you all so much. Let's do our little cool down. So let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now this reunion was really intense. It was a lot of anger, a lot of loud noises, a lot of people yelling over each other. I loved it, but it was very fast-paced. So let's just take another moment to just sit, breathe in, just relax. I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. Let's all listen to this Kimberly Locke song as we play out the show. I'll be the back. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.